you guys are having an amazing week so far. Guys, it's September. Like, this year has been going by so fast. Like, I can't even believe it. Well, maybe it's just me. Like, you know, sometimes people say the year's going by so fast and you're like, well, it seems the perfect pace to me. <laughs> it seems regular. But for me, this year has been going by so fast and it's been a whirlwind. And I can't wait to see what the last four months have in store. And I'm wishing you guys all the progress and the fulfillment of all the goals that you guys have set for this year. So I know I've probably said it multiple times in the past, but I like to take a new month as a new fresh start. So since this is September, this is the last month in the third quarter. So all of my quarterly goals I go back to them and see the ones I've accomplished, see the ones I haven't, and make the necessary adjustments and put those back at the forefront. Yes, it's only 30 some odd days, but at the end of the day, there is, if you keep your goals at the front and you pay attention to them, you'll find that there are still some things that you can accomplish in this quarter and in this month that will lead you towards your ultimate yearly goals and set you up perfectly for the fourth quarter so yeah just take some time this week reorganize recalibrate figure out what you need to do and get whatever it is done because trust me this year is going by fast but that's not to say that you don't have enough time to do whatever it is you want to do because sometimes I feel that when we're getting towards the end of the year and maybe we had some huge plans for the beginning of the year. The fact that we're in September now or whatever month towards the end will kind of discourage you and make you feel like maybe you didn't do what you needed to do. And maybe that's right. <laughs> maybe you didn't do what you needed to do. But instead of wallowing in that, you need to ask yourself, what do I need to do now that will put me at a better place than I was yesterday, than I was last month, and than I was at the beginning of the year, even if that place is not the place that I thought I would be at this point in time. So just be kind to yourself, reassess, reevaluate, and execute. Like we're trying to be great here, and whatever means possible is how we're gonna do that. <laughs> I Hope you guys got a chance this week to also focus on the words to live by from last week, which was understand your relationships. And I think this is a really important one because there are things that we want from people that they may not necessarily be able to give us. And when we understand what people can give us, in whatever way, shape, or form, it'll make it easier for us to know what to expect from them and in turn cause us to have less disappointments in the people who are around us, right? Because we're not putting burdens on them that they can't bear or expectations that they can't bear. So pretty much the two things that I took away from this for myself personally, and I hope that you guys can agree or notice these same things is that you need to stop expecting to get things from people who don't have it to offer. And saying this, it can sound harsh, I find, but it's, it's actually just the truth. And sometimes the truth is harsh, but trust me, it saves you a lot of time. Like 
these things that people may not have to offer could be anything from love. It could be anything from money. It could be sound advice. Like sometimes the people who we want to talk to and the people who want to listen to what we have to say will not have the advice we need for the issue at hand. And that could be a trash feeling. Like for example now, and it's not always because they're, they are negative or whatever it is. It might just be that they don't have the necessary tools in that space to be able to offer you what you need to get you to wherever you want to be. Like, for example, for me, when I'm thinking about taking risks, like any type of risk that's uncharted territory or doing something that I don't exactly know where it's going to lead to. And I'm not talking about like bungee jumping or something. I'm talking about more, about more business risks, like what I did this year, quitting my job to pursue my passions. There are certain people who in the infancy stage of doing that, I couldn't really speak to because the advice they would give me would be based on their fear. And that's not what I needed, you know? And to go and have a conversation with someone or to go in with the expectation that someone's going to give you encouragement when they don't have that to give you can make you extremely disappointed because you're not going in with the right state of mind. So for me now, I know that there are certain people in my life who are a little bit more timid and who are less likely to take risks. So when I go to them and tell them about the risks that I'm taking, I prime my mind to prepare myself for whatever they're going to say, which may come off as negative. And I prepare myself so that I will not be upset with them because I have no expectations to get from them something that they don't have to offer me, which would be maybe encouragement or or like some hype to <laughs> encourage me to get to do what I want to do. And another thing that people sometimes don't have for you is time. And this could be because they genuinely don't care or they have a lot going on in their personal lives. But when you understand the things that people have to offer you and the things that they don't, you'll be better able and better equipped to deal with them in the way that will serve you and serve them in the best way. And these realistic expectations and the understanding of what people have to offer you in your relationships will also help you to avoid the pain and disappointment that comes when you go into a situation expecting A and you get D, like not even B, not even C, you get something all the way at the other side of what you were expecting. But when you understand your relationship and understand the people that you're dealing with, it saves you this agony and it helps you to understand how to navigate and how to deal with people and where best everybody's strong suit is and where their weak points lie and just how to avoid <laughs> feeling like trash or being disappointed by them. So I hope that really helped you guys. Um, it helped me a lot because it's something that I haven't assessed all the time. And sometimes in our excitement or in our need for help, we just go to the first person available to us and understanding that the first person who's available to you might not have what you need will help you better assess who you deal with in different situations and just save you time and agony, as I already said. Um, so for this week, we're going to be talking about statistics. 
And this is pretty much a part two to last week's episode, which was about mindset. They are very statistics in the sense that I'm going to be discussing it, which I'll let you guys know in a moment. And mindset go hand in hand. So to start off, I'm just going to give you guys the Google. I think it's Merriam-Webster, but if it's not, it's the definition I found on Google of what a, um, what statistics is. So statistics is a bra- branch of mathematics dealing with the collection, analysis, interpretation, and presentation of masses of numerical data. So pretty much the parts that stick out to me in the definition is the collection. So if something is collected or data is collected, that goes to show you that it was done in the past tense. Analysis is taking that data and interpreting them well, looking at it and seeing what they have in common or separating it into different sections. Interpretation is looking at what your analysis of that data means and the pres- presentation of this data is presentation. <laughs> it's putting it out there and discussing what you what your interpretation of that data means. And for me, the way I see statistics is that it gives you a ratio of how things work together, which is very important. But I feel that when it comes to our personal lives, ratios and statistics can be perceived very negatively, especially if you don't have the right mindset. So I've found that we as individuals and the people who surround us often use statistics as a mean to discourage us from doing things. And this could be anything from high divorce rates, um, entrepreneurial failure, like first time business owners fail like 80% in the first year, whatever the heck they say. Um, admission rates, like when you apply for a postgraduate program or a certain Ivy League or specialized program, sometimes, well, always, there's always the statistics of like, let's say out of a thousand students, only a hundred get in. So that's a 10% chance of you actually getting admissions with divorce I think well I don't know about Canadian I think Canada's more 35 40 percent divorce rate for marriages but in America it was 50 like don't quote me guys I don't (laughs) I'm not a statistician and I'm not paying attention to this stuff but often when we see these statistics and especially when the the number of the negative aspect of the statistic is higher than the number of the positive aspects. So for example, if 80% of businesses fail, that means only 20 survive. So that means there's more of a higher chance of negative output, um, negative outcome than there is a positive outcome. I find that it puts a lot of people in a very discouraged um, space. And this is exactly where I think this is the part two of the mindset conversation, because the way you interpret statistics has a lot to do with your self-confidence and also the internal narrative that you have about yourself. And the reason why I say this is because when you, your mindset and your self-confidence will determine how you interpret the facts on the ground because statistics are facts 
based on the past, based on what I said as the definition, it's a collection and analysis of data. And the only way to collect data is that that thing had to have happened in the past. So yes, these statistics are true. And I'm not telling you guys to discount statistics and to say that these numbers don't count. But what I'm trying to let you guys understand that it's a matter of how you think that will determine how you interpret this data. So it's, for me, I find that statistics is an issue of self-association. So if 80% of people will fail in, let's say, starting their own business or whatever it is that they're going to do, the question I have for you is why do you think that you're going to be among the 80% fail rate and not among the 20% success rate? Like, just think about it. It's not that absolutely nobody succeeds, but maybe more people fail than do succeed. And that can be an absolutely true fact and um, an accurate statistic. But at this point, why have you put yourself in a place to associate with the loser circle? <laughs> like, I don't know how else to put it. And that might sound harsh, but that's where you got to think of how you set your mind up. You know, you got to, you got to understand that there are two sides to every story and there are two sides to every situation and the people who don't succeed are there and there's more of them than the ones who do succeed but what makes you think that you're going to be one of the ones who don't succeed and the fact that you already think that you're going to be one of the ones who don't succeed let me just tell you you're going to fail like point blank period because you've associated yourself with the failures and at that point your whole mindset shifts because when you go into something with the fear of failure already in the forefront of your mind, it makes it so much easier for you to justify not putting in the extra work, not putting in the effort. It makes it easier for you to justify becoming discouraged and brushing off your failure as well most people fail. Because at the end of the day, there are people who pass And if you have already determined that you're going to fail, you're not going to have that push that you need. And as soon as something goes hard or difficult for you, you're going to think to yourself, oh, yeah, that's probably why everybody fails at this. But in the words of my Nigerian mother and many other African mothers, especially Nigerian mothers, do the people who succeed have two heads? And (laughs) for those of you who have never heard this saying before, it's something that Nigerian parents, and I don't know about any other, but I think Ghanians say it as well, but pretty much what they're saying is that when you see the people who do well in situations that are statistically difficult, what what makes them stand out? And more so than what makes them stand out, what makes them so different from you? Do they have two heads? No. They have one head just like you do. They have one opportunity just like you do. So what makes you now think that you are not able to succeed at the level that they are and that you're going to be one of the automatic losers just because math says that there's more losers than winners. And that's just how I think you guys need to live your lives. Like, yes, there are statistics. Yes, there are lower chances of you getting in than of of you not getting in, but at the end of the day, all you need is one spot. And what 
I, where I see this a lot, especially in Canada, because of like the small, the small population, like when I notice a lot of like master's programs, PhD, law school, medical school, a lot of those schools on their admissions page will write something like, or oh, we, we receive on an average 3,000 3, applications and only 300 students make it in each year. And for a lot of people, this is enough to discourage them from even going for it because they're like, how will I get in if there's only 300 spots? But if you really think about it, you only need one spot. So if there's 300 spots available, you have 300 chances to get the one spot you need. And thinking about things in this aspect will make you feel so powerful and invincible and it'll give you the necessary push and the necessary mind switch to do whatever is required of you to get to wherever you need to be. So you need to just associate yourself with the winner circle and be determined to win. And I found that with statistics, like when there's something that we're passionate about and that we truly love and we have no fear for, which is usually things that I find don't involve a lot of risk or things that we're extremely talented in so that to us, we're not perceiving it as a risk. We usually don't take statistics into into consideration. Like if I feel that I'm an amazing cook and I want to go to culinary school, I'm not going to think, I'm not even going to check what their admission rate is. I'm just going to make my application, do what I need to do and get in. But I find that where we usually take statistics into, into consideration is usually when we need a security blanket because we're scared of what's going to happen. And knowing that the majority don't pass or the majority don't get in or the majority fail is the perfect way to pacify ourselves and make ourselves feel better when God forbid the negative outcome that we were thinking had a possibility of actually comes to pass. And you don't need that guys. Like I I don't know how to say it any more plainly or any, any more straight up. Who cares? Who cares what anyone has to think? Who cares about how difficult it might seem? If you do something with the fullest extent of your ability, if you apply to medical school and you kill your applications to the best that you can, you kill your MCATs, you kill your LSATs, you kill your GRE, you kill whatever it is, you do your best and you execute at your highest level and you don't get in, maybe it wasn't your time, you know? And if you think along this, along the lines of excellence always, that doesn't mean that you will necessarily not be one of the negative statistics, but at least you'll know that the reason why you were one of the negative side of the statistics wasn't because you just allowed yourself to be pacified by that. And safety blankets are amazing and they're good and they're comfy. Like, trust me, everybody wants to have a soft place to land in case they fall. But focusing on the fact that you have a safety blanket will not allow you to jump at the level you need to jump at to succeed and not even need the safety blanket, which is counterintuitive. But at the end of the day, that's just what it is. You need to constantly associate yourself with the winner's circle and eventually you will win because your hard work will pay off and you have not allowed yourself to 
count yourself out prior to you even doing whatever it is that you need to do. You need to execute. Like, that's what it is. And I was having a talk with one of my aunts, which is pretty much what even inspired this whole talk today about statistics. And one thing that she said was that if one person has done it before, so can you. And if no one has done it before, you can be the first. Like we were talking about um, business and like, so I'm Nigerian Canadian. I think you guys know that already. And we were talking about how a lot of Nigerians who live abroad talk about the difficulties of corruption and the difficulties of everything that's happening back in Nigeria. And some of them say, oh, I'd love to go back, but you know, it's so difficult for people. And what she said was that, it's difficult for people, but some people are still flourishing. So who am I to believe that I'm going to be among the people who are having a hard time when some people are still flourishing? And she went on to say that if the country or whatever the place still has people living in it, that's enough of a motivation for her to be willing to go back and do whatever she wants to do there and have the confidence that she's going to succeed. And that goes for everything you're doing. If some people are still staying married for 30 years, that's enough motivation for you to still want to get married and aim to be those people. If 20% of people are still running successful businesses that don't fail in the first year, that's enough motivation for you to start your business and do whatever it is you want to do. If 10% of people are still getting accepted to medical school, law school, master's program, specialized programs, and even just, even an undergrad, that is enough reason for you to do what you want to do. Remember that you just need one spot. You need one opportunity. You are literally sometimes less than 0.000001% of that statistic. So who cares if they say 50% make it and 50% don't? You need 0.00001% in the grand scheme of population, life, and everything. So hold on to your 1% and have full confidence in yourself that we are all going to be statistics because the whole sample size is counted, but count on yourself and bet, bet on yourself that you will be one of the positive statistics, no matter how low of a percentage that is. So I hope that really helps you guys and I hope that motivates you guys. Having the conversation with my aunt really motivated me and just shifted my mind because the great people don't have two heads and they still made it. And I know I have a head on my shoulders and that's enough of a guarantee <laughs> that if I use the head on my shoulders, I can be one of the positive statistics and I can be one of the people who are making great changes and also be one of the people who are a motivation, not one of the cautionary tales of, oh, don't do that. I know a guy who did that and <laughs> he failed. Like, don't, don't internalize negativity and put it on yourself. Always stay in a positive mindset as much as you possibly can. And when you find yourself trying to fall into the negative, snap out of it. You're better than that. And don't allow anybody to tell you otherwise. So for... This week, the words to live by are, you don't need answers or you don't need an answer, you need peace. And what I mean by this is that many times we have expectations of other people, just like what the word of um, words to live by last week were. But 
especially when it comes to disappointment and heartbreak or anything along those lines, I found that what we need most often is peace. And the problem arises when you put your peace in the hands of somebody else. So you can put your peace in the hands of somebody acknowledging you, put your peace in the hands of somebody apologizing to you, feeling that if somebody gives you what you expect from them, you'll have peace. But what I'm here to tell you guys is that your peace is in your hands. Your power to have calm, your power to have peace of mind should not be at in the hands of somebody else. Because when you put your power in the hands of somebody else, you run the risk of them not doing what you would expect them to do. And in turn, you end up being disappointed. So yes, an apology would be lovely. Yes, acknowledgement would be lovely. Yes, appreciation would be lovely. Yes, a thank you would be very lovely. But if you don't get it, find a way to give yourself peace. Find a way to put the power back in your hands in a way where you're not easily swayed by what people say or don't say. Because we are ultimately the masters of our own fate in terms of human level. I'm not talking God level, but on the earth, when you deal with people, you give them the power that you do over you or no power at all. So figure out what you want to gain from whatever situation is currently making you feel uncomfortable. And I'm in particular interaction, external situation. So whatever relationship you have with someone, let's say you're not feeling so good about it, or there are things that are are upsetting you, take a step back from that conflict or situation and ask yourself what you're looking to gain. Like if somebody apologizes to you, what do you think that's going to do for you? It's going to make you feel better? Okay. Why do you think that it's their apology that is going to shift your whole mindset? What do you think that they owe you that you can't give to yourself? And this is not to say that it's not necessary to apologize to people when it's due because you want to be a good person, but if someone's not going to do onto you what you would do to them in a switch situation, you need to learn to take back your power and operate in the best way possible for you and to maintain your peace. So I hope you guys have an amazing week. Thank you so much for coming back and listening to me. I'm at episode 21. That's huge. (laughs) 21 weeks of commitment. I hope you guys are loving it so far. If you guys are loving what I'm doing, please share it. Tag me on Instagram. Tell your friends so that we can get bigger and I can help more people. If you have any questions, slide into my DMs. I'd be more than happy to help you guys. Have a great week and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye.